Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and this is our last episode of 2022. I just can't believe it. I almost want to cry a little bit just because it's been such a great year. And I am joined by my lovely fiance for this episode, because if you listen to last year's top 10 episodes of 2021... I featured Lizzie Yolich with me on the podcast, who was my girlfriend at the time, and she is now my fiance. We just became engaged a couple weeks ago, and I want to thank you for saying yes. Oh, thank you for asking. (laughs) And uh, D. Westfall Jewelers, thank you to (laughs) to them as well. (laughs) But uh, no, I love you very much, my Lizzie Bear. And uh, for those those of you that don't know, Lizzie is actually my administrative assistant here at Kankakee Podcast slash Lamore Media. So she helps with my crazy mind and kind of it's a lot of work. Things. It really is a, a lot, lot of work. work. And putting up with me, as you can imagine. That could be a whole other podcast episode for Ooh. just our patrons to listen to and, and hear what I'm really like off mic. I would love that. A lot of indecisiveness. Yes. A lot of back and forth. Yes. A lot of farting. Yes. <laughs> yes to all the above. I, I am guilty as charged. This is our episode where we reflect on the top 10 most listened to episodes of Kankakee Podcast for this last year of 2022. And I got to say, there's some on this list I was not expecting. There's some surprises on here. I agree. And there's also some that didn't make the top 10 that I'm like, oh man, I feel like that one should have made it. Now, just to be clear, these are not episodes that Lizzie and I put in the top 10 saying, oh, these are our top 10 favorites. No, these are the episodes that were listened to the most by you, the listener, had the most downloads. So we'll start with number 10. And this did not happen last year, but number 10 is actually a tie. We're starting off with a tie. There were two episodes released this last year that had the same exact amount of downloads. And the first one being with the Kankakee County Museum, which there, uh, they actually have two episodes on our top 10 countdown, which they should because they're with us every month and they always have great topics. So I'm glad right. that there's two episodes included, but it's with uh, Nellie Clark or it's on Nellie Clark, yes. the Kankakee County Museum. It was with Jack Clacy of the Kankakee County Museum. Nell Nellie Clark is just one of Kankakee's urban 
characters, urban legends, if you will. I mean, she was real, but there are so (laughs) many stories that have come from the line of work that she did that Mm -hmm. at this point, some of the stories that you do hear, you got to wonder if they're true or not. Right. Now, Jack, some of the stories he told us about Nellie, he had proof to back it up because he had, I think, police reports on some stories. So we know some of those stories were, in fact, true. But there are others that have heard about Nellie Clark. They're just like, "Mm." do you remember about Nellie Clark? I do. Do you remember the story? Somewhat. Refresh my memory. So Nell ran a brothel or many brothels yes, in Kankakee. The most famously well-known one is still in existence, not as a brothel, but as a bar. Right. At least I hope it's not a brothel. Uh, <laughs> City <laughs> Tavern uh, in Kankakee, right along the railroad tracks. It's one of the most popular bars in Kankakee County or taverns. Um, and it's got a very colorful history, if yes. you will. But yeah, Nellie Clark was known to run... Her and her uh, ladies there. She was the gotcha. madame. Okay. Madam. I do remember that. I remember the baseline of her story. I think my favorite part, one of my favorite parts from that episode, one of the stories that comes to mind is the one I said about having hard evidence. And Jack was telling a story about how some of Nellie's girls tried to run away and she got them back. Because she took she took good care of her ladies for the most part when it came to like clothing and things like that. So how she so so they ran away. Okay, they still had all of her clothes that she bought them, all of their jewelry on and everything like that. So what did she do? Nellie called the police, said, I've been robbed. These girls (laughs) stole my 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 clothes and my jewelry that's how she got got them back wow it's a little messed up a little bit yeah a little bit but that's what i remember from that's episode 40 Mm -hmm. if you've not listened to that one i think that's going to be an episode that we revisit at some point yeah definitely because there's like there's i mean i feel like with every museum episode it seems like there could be part two for every topic because there's always so much to expand on there really it's is. almost like once you start talking about it you remember more aspects to discuss so that one in particular i feel like you could definitely benefit from a part two i agree uh and so the so number 10 uh, 10 most listened to episode. So n- number 40, Nellie Clark is tied with number 47, Knack Brewing and Fermentations in Kankakee, which when they were on earlier this year, they, I think they literally just opened their doors or they were about to. I think they were about to. Yeah. If I remember correctly. They were going to have their, I think their opening weekend. Yes. I, that, that escapes my mind. But regardless, 2022 was the, I'm almost positive, the first year for Knack Brewing in Kankakee. And it's historical because there hasn't been a beer brewing company in Kankakee for hundreds of years mm-hmm. or at least a hundred years. Um, so it's uh, it's exciting for the city that they came uh, or, or that Knack 
Brewing opened up their their brewery right in Kankakee, right along the river, actually, not too far from where the East River Walk is going to be constructed in downtown Kankakee. So uh, Matt and Emily were on the episode. They talked all about how Matt first started brewing yep. beer in, I think it was when they were living in Chicago yes. at the time. They had yes. and, uh, many, I think they had a couple different apartments in Chicago, but that's how it all started. And then eventually... Because he had a, a full-time job. I think he worked for Verizon at one point. He was working for Verizon, and he just wasn't happy. And mm-hmm. so he, he gave his wife this crazy idea. It's like, what would you think if I did this? And they worked it out. And now, as far as I know, they're doing pretty well. Right. Yes. I, I am... Uh, we have. I have not been there yet. We have not been there yet. No. I'm ashamed to say that. But yeah, goal for 2023. It is a goal. I will say that I do not drink alcohol any longer, but they do have these craft sodas there Ooh, that I want to try. So if you, if you're good. like us and you don't drink or maybe you're not of age, then they do have those there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so was really glad that they're they made the top 10 um, because, I mean, they're the future of of Kankakee and the present, but definitely the future since they just started. So that's number 10. Number the, the the ten most listened the tenth most listened to episode this year is tied with those two. Getting to number nine, one of my favorites. Me too. Number seventy, Alex Habib. Such a nice guy. <laughs> I actually just listened to this yesterday. Um, I try to listen to all of them in order, but there are a few I miss here and there. So I went back, listened to the few that I missed. In preparation for this, and I just listened to his episode yesterday in such a wholesome man. I loved his story, and he's so positive, which unfortunately um, is sometimes hard to come by. Um, It's so easy to see the negative in things, but he does such a great job as being positive, and I feel like it's very contagious. And he also has the ability to have a different perspective of— Anyone that's a natural born citizen yes. of the United States. And that's what I really appreciate, too. I feel like that is such um, a treasured perspective that more people need to to value or to, like, look through somebody else's eyes. Because, you know, yes, our country, our state, our town has a lot of problems like any other area in the world. And I feel like so many people don't think of how lucky we really are to have the things that we have. And I feel like Alex did a really great job of reminding us of that. He definitely did, because when he first came here in the the mid to late 70s, his country, Lebanon, was at war. Yep. Yep. And not only that, but even when they weren't in war, not a lot of money, not a lot of resources, not a lot of opportunity. Um, So, again, I feel like he has a really unique perspective in realizing, you know what? Maybe the states have problems, but much more opportunity than a lot of other people around the world have. A lot and of, that's very important to remember. Yeah, a lot of he had a lot of gratitude, and it was very infectious when we were sitting down and recording that episode. It just seeped into my skin. Yep. And I'm hoping that it sticks for the rest of my life. Yeah, and something else to add, I was also the one that initially reached out to him to schedule yes. an appearance. And he was so humble. It was very endearing. The first thing he said to me was, 
he said thank you for reaching out to me, but he also was literally like, why, why, like, why, why do you want to talk to me? Like, why me? Like, I'm, I'm just me. He was very, very humble. It was very endearing. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful he, at first he did seem a little hesitant, maybe just because he was unsure of what exactly we wanted to talk about, but I'm so glad he decided to come on because clearly yeah. people loved his episode if and, he's in the top 10. Right. And I think it's, he's just such a busy man. That too. too. But he also was like, um, are you sure you want to talk to me? <laughs> yeah. Like, it was very, very endearing. Which just made it all the more reason yes. why we wanted to yes. talk yes. Have him on the podcast. Yes. So if you haven't listened to it yet, Alex Habib is the owner of the Bourbon A and Bradley Subway restaurants and also the two Taco John's mm -hmm. locations we have in the county. Um, and I think one of my favorite, besides hearing his story of coming here to America, I th key things that I loved from that episode is that he ended up, his wife, uh, he ended up marrying the girl that essentially was his replacement at Taco John's mm -hmm. originally. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, and they've been married for however long now, cause that was way back in right. the eighties. Yep. And then the second thing was I love is the he invented the meat and potato burrito at Taco John's, which happens to be my favorite. Delicious. Item. So the breakfast one is my uh, favorite, the meat and potato breakfast burrito. So it's just it's so cool that Alex. Well, the, all the soccer stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about yeah. Alex forever. Right. Again, another episode you could have him on. Another person you could have on again for oh, a second yeah. episode. Yeah. Just because he's such an interesting person. He has so much to offer. Yeah. We could literally talk about, have him come back on to maybe talk about one certain thing about Taco John's or <laughs> even the whole high school moments soccer team and how yeah. they recreated <clears> that. <throat> about four years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's number nine, the, the ninth most listened to episode. Getting to number eight was once again, super happy this made the top 10 because it's well-deserved is my friend and coworker, Bill Dyke. Um, we had him on the podcast this year because he has uh, officially hung up his baton as the band instructor at Bradley Bourbonnet Community High School after 30, 30, I'm 31 years, 32, I forget what the, but regardless, for for a long time, uh, teaching anyway. I think at BBCHS it was 16 years or something like that. So he spent a good portion of his career at BBCHS. But I also work with Bill at uh, the Milner Media radio stations, and he was one of the most nicest people to me when I first started working there as a newbie in broadcasting, he did not treat me like I was some fool that didn't know anything. He was very encouraging and very helpful when I needed help, when I would screw things up yep. at, the, at the station. So that was my first introduction to him. And then I learned he was a band director full time and that he just did radio part time, but it just presented a great opportunity since he was retiring this year to have him on the podcast. And <laughs> my favorite story is actually, I don't think a story that we've talked about. Hmm, what's that? Um, it, it's mentioned on the podcast mm -hmm. on uh, it's episode 45, if you haven't listened to it yet. So there's one story when he was teaching, I think it was in Sheldon. Illinois. 
he was teaching high school kids uh, band, and he was he was fresh out of college. He was like twenty one or oh. twenty two years old, and he's teaching you know high school seniors, you know, and you know if you remember, at least I was like this when I was in high school. But when I had young teachers that I knew that really weren't that much older than me. I had so many questions and I thought, I just thought they were so cool. So right. I was always asked, how old are you? You know, blah, right. blah, blah, Do you blah. live alone? Do you live? Yeah. Yeah. Do, All- you, yeah. Do you have your own house? <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah. And so when Bill Dyker graduated from college, he obviously, yeah, right around 21, 22 years old, he gets his first teaching job in Sheldon and, uh, you know, teaching high school band. And so one of the, students one day raised her hand and you know he goes yes her name was Daphne apparently said yes Daphne um or no 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 sorry I'm messing this up one student raised their hand and asked how old Bill Dyke was at the time and at that time yeah he was 22 so he says 22 to that student and then a minute later, another student raises her hand and Bill goes, points at her and says, yeah, Daphne. And she comments, I date guys older than you. <laughs> and so that story, it's still in the podcast, but the, the story that you might not know about it, and I feel like we can share this here, is that we had... <laughs> I had to edit out her name in the episode because somehow um, someone from that was in the room that day or from her class back in 1989 or whatever it was shared once the, the podcast episode was shared, they it, it made its way to Daphne and she was like, I didn't say that. I, I never said that. that. She completely denied it. Yep. <laughs> and, Which is, yeah, funny. And, and, and she commented on the Facebook post about yep. it, too, complaining that I never said that. I would never say that. And so next thing I know, I'm getting a text from Bill Dyke. And he's like, yeah, could you just take her name out? Yeah. Of <laughs> Yeah. So I ended up editing it, editing her name out of that story. But yeah. It's just, that's a little behind the scenes story for you. Sometimes those things happen, but I just thought it was hilarious. Like she was just, I guess, so upset about it. I mean, I can kind of get it, but also so long ago. Does it really matter? Yeah. What does it matter? It was 30 years ago. Would anybody even remember that it was specifically that Daphne? I mean, mean, it was a funny comment. Right. She didn't really say anything inappropriate. Well, it was inappropriate. I mean, you know, you know, you know, we're all adults, though. It's not like she said anything really wild. Yeah, but, you know, like when you were in high school and if you had a friend that was 17 or 18 years old and they're dating someone who's 21 or 22, it's always like, yeah, Whoa. true. Like true, true, true. Sometimes I feel like kids just say that. But she didn't say cool. that. She, I mean, she was. I think she was just joking. Probably, or it could have. She, yeah, she might have just said. She might have been joking to one make fun of him it, as you know being so young, but she also could have just said that to try to seem cool. I think she was trying to poke fun, fun at, at him. his age. Yeah, yeah, because he was so <laughs> close to their age. Yeah, only like a four year difference. Yeah, I remember. So. 
being a student teacher and working with kids at the library and having it was it was it's funny it's either like one or the other like either the kids will say comments like that to poke fun at you because you're you're not that much older than like the teenagers but then sometimes they act like you're ancient ancient like I remember one time at my old library having a conversation with a tween boy maybe 11 or 12 about PlayStation he was he came into the library looking for PlayStation games we started talking about PlayStation I mentioned I had a PlayStation when I was a kid he's like wow you are alive like you you were like you were alive when the original PlayStation was made and I was like it wasn't that long ago but yeah it's funny working with kids because it's either one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's too funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what what do you what do you remember from Bill's episode? I f- I mean I feel like I remember that part the most because yeah. <laughs> of the things that happened behind the scenes. I also remember I think we were at we were at I don't maybe Oktoberfest. I don't know if maybe his episode was released around that time. Um. But I think I, it was released. In the spring. Okay, I maybe believe. not. We were somewhere at, we were working a community event. We weren't there as visitors. We were there working for the podcast. And I remember so many people complimenting you on his episode specifically. Oh. Or complimenting you and sharing their excitement. So many, oh. um, it seemed like a lot of them were either students or former students. Or parents. Um, or, yeah, parents. Students. But I remember I mean, a lot of conversation happening about Bill. Yeah. Um, which, Again, it's not surprising because it was a great episode and he is in the top 10. And he was a great band instructor. Yes. And just an all-around great guy outside of being a band instructor, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, great radio personality as well. Great family man, all that stuff. So, yes. uh, Bill, shout out to you, man, if you're listening. And uh, hope hope to see you in the hall at uh, the Valley sometime soon. So getting to number seven, definitely one of my favorite ones and one I geeked out over hardcore because I have ever since I learned about this guy and what he does. And that is coming in at number seven was number 56 with Doug Redinius, who is the man uh, behind the Ian Fleming Foundation which, if you're not familiar with Ian Fleming, he's the dude that wrote the James Bond novels that, in turn, were turned into the movies. And yes. now we've got how? Um, I don't know. Now a I lot. forget a twenty. You would <laughs> now know. I forget. Um, Doug is. If Doug's listening to this, he's probably like, "Oh, come on, Jake. You should know that. <laughs> you um, should know that. You're a big James Bond <laughs> fan. A lot of people don't know that they were based on books either. No, but I mean, literally, most movies will say at the beginning of the movie if it is based on a book. And most movies are. Nowadays. They're based on a novel. Yep. But Doug, he... So the Ian Fleming Foundation, they're all about restoring and um, I guess not, not just restoring, but keeping them... What's the word? Uh, preserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond vehicles preserved. That's super cool. And this started in the 90s, like right around the year I was born, so right around 90. And before that, it, it, it actually all started when he just he just started collecting James Bond memorabilia in the 80s. And then from there, it just it escalated. It all started with a submarine from one of the James Bond films. And then from there, they've got 
so many different vehicles, and it's not just cars either. They've got planes. They've got um, boats as well. There's so many different vehicles in the James Bond films. And as you can imagine, since he's been doing this for so long, he's just loaded with stories from the different James Bond films that he got to witness being made even. That's he was awesome. even invited on the set starting uh, with some of the James Bond films in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Lots of fun facts. I can't even, I don't know, even know if I could pick out one story. Um, no, so many to choose from. I think one I could think of, it was kind of cool that one of their more recent restorations and preservations was a... A plane from the Goldfinger movie that was just completely wrecked. It had been sitting in some graveyard of of airplanes in somewhere out west for for years and years and years and years. And they found it. They cut. They didn't take the whole thing. They cut off like the front end of it. And they brought it back to Illinois and restored it. Wow. (laughs) Um, That's one of the many. I think it was cool to hear that he was an extra on uh, two or three Bond films. Yes. At least one. I think it was two. I thought it was two or three that he was an extra on. Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's so many stories with that episode. I don't even know where to begin. Right. Um, but this is all for charity, too. They they don't restore because what happens is there's a lot of museums that will, I guess, they essentially they rent out the James Bond equipment. And then the uh, the Ian Fleming Foundation, they take that money and they donate it to charity. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, so it's all for it's all for a good cause as well. And, and it's happening right here. In Kankakee right. County, uh, he he lives yeah. in moments a yeah. lot. Most of these vehicles are actually stored here in the county. I feel like a lot of people probably don't know that. No, they don't. Maybe they know about him, but they don't know. Yeah, where some do, stored. some don't. It's kind of. I mean, I didn't know, but <laughs> I am also not from here, so. Right, but now you know. Right now I know, and I'm mm-hmm. also not familiar with the James Bond movies. I've only watched one and that was because we watched it together. I didn't grow up watching them. So I feel like that was really interesting for an outsider. I think I made you watch Skyfall. Right. Because it almost like piques your curiosity now that I know all these facts and behind the thing, behind the scenes about the movies makes you want to watch them, which I only can imagine how interesting it was for you, someone who's a big fan, to learn more about a franchise you love so much. I would still love to uh, go to the the warehouse and see all the vehicles. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of them here and there over the years, but I haven't seen a lot of them that they they have in their their care. So that's number seven. Getting to number six is actually the one right before it, um, and mm-hmm. that's number fifty five with country singer Heather Wagner, who I just I actually had lunch with. Not that long ago, the other day, on uh, when she's not singing, she works for Surf Pro of Kankakee County. So, um, so I was ha- had lunch with her to talk about Surf Pro mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she she had an interesting story as well. Growing up in Saint Anne, all of her life, always just being fascinated with, always being a music lover. Yep, didn't necessarily learn how to play an instrument. And like most of us, life happens. You don't get to pursue some of those dreams that you want to pursue. Mm -hmm. And finally, just within like the last 
four years. Right. Pretty recently. Three, two, two to four years, Heather has been able to go after her dream of writing a song. Or actually, I should say completing a song. Because yes. she would write like snippets of songs or just lyrics or poems. Yep. She's finally able to complete some songs and, and release them. And put out a couple singles in the last two to three years. That's awesome. And you know who is one of the biggest people to push her to do that was Nick Huffman. I do remember her saying that um, they became really good friends and he was very encouraging and supportive, which not surprising because Nick was. That's what Nick does. Such a great man. Or did, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, God rest his soul. Um, But, you know, it was... Heather went through a rough divorce, and that's kind of what brought on this new era yep. of, which goes for almost anyone that it doesn't even have to be a divorce. It could just be something ending in your life, some kind of transition. You know, you're maybe you are done with school. Right. Any, t- and, any type of life change, whether any type it's good of life or bad. Change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Heather was going through this divorce, and Nick. Huffman just like encouraged her like, hey, you know, you you want to do this. I think that's also around the same time she became a bartender at the Looney Bin, which Mm -hmm. was Nick Huffman's bar. Mm -hmm. And while she was bartending there, Nick would kind of give her advice on who she should be working with right. for like he a producer. Right, so many people. Right, know so many musicians. Um, so those are the kind of things that I remember from that episode uh, yeah. with Heather um, in particular. Yeah, I really liked her episode. I feel like it's kind of just a reminder that it's never too late to chase your dreams. Yeah. Um, and I feel like she kind of alluded to that as she well by saying she kind of felt like she missed an opportunity. You know, life happens and then... You know, she finally did it. And I feel like that's something everybody needs to remember, no matter what your dream is. It's a good reminder. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that, Heather. Yeah. And getting to number five is one of uh, our more recent ones Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. just released in November of this year. And that's number 71 with the city of Kankakee Mayor Chris Curtis. And that was the the first in a series that we started this year. There's only two episodes in the series so far, but there'll be plenty more coming in 2023. And that's uh, just a series we're calling Meet the Mayor, where you get to hear from all the mayors or village presidents. Most of them are called mayors, but yep. I think there are some of the maybe the smaller municipalities in the county that will call themselves village presidents instead um and where you just get to learn about them it's not necessarily uh, politics do kind of drop in there a little bit but as you've probably kind of guessed from this podcast try not to get super deep right into politics and if we do try not to kind right. of Right. sway on one end or the other. Right. It's more so, more so just informational. Yeah, it's more so just for you to chance to get to know the mayor, not necessarily what all of his plans are, but more or less just getting to know them as a person. So we <laughs> we learned some interesting things about Mayor Curtis, let me tell you. Yeah, he's he's like a metalhead. He's a metalhead. Metal he loves just his so, 80s hair metal. So funny, but I feel like so many people forget that politicians are Our real people. people. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, it's kind of like when you're a little kid and you don't realize your teacher is a real person. Yes. You know, you think your teacher sleeps at school 
or you, you think your teacher like doesn't have children or pets or hobbies. It's kind of like stuff. the same thing. Like, yeah, he does so much for our community, but he also is a regular person with, you know, hobbies and favorite things and preferences. So I, I, I got a kick out of that. Cause. I just immediately when he, when I learned that about him, I just pictured him because he used to have long hair too. To go with his his love for of 80s course. hair metal. I mean, you have to go all out with it, really. Right. So I just imagine him with like this big, <laughs> long hair, and just just like, like head, head yeah. banging. Yeah. I don't know if like slash. I'm just I don't thinking. Slash that's something. Has big I, you hair. know what? You know what? That's a question because I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him if it was like curly hair because oh, Slash has big curly has hair. big curly or hair. Just big hair like yeah. Steven Tyler. So big hair. I didn't. That's that's one. I have to we just call him up now and be you like, should. hey, Mayor, straight, wavy, curly. What what kind of right? Know. What curl type? <laughs> what, what curl, curl pattern? If they are curls, what curl Did, pattern? Yeah. Is what it? what was it that you uh, had when you had long hair? Yeah. Um, now he's just got you know regular parted. Very professional looking. Very professional. Well, he is, you know, mayor. Well, he is a mayor, but um, outside of that, we also learned, and maybe you didn't know about him, is that he has been in real estate for pretty much all of his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before even getting into real estate, he actually got his bachelor's degree in in architecture. I remember that too, which is not related at all. I no. mean, I guess if you're a real estate agent, oh, it's, it's prob- real, probably very, helpful to understand. From from what I re- from what I remember, it was helpful for him in the real estate field. Right, like explaining how buildings are made. Yeah. You know, to potential buyers, but Yes. Um yeah. and even like making additions and yes, things on, you know. Yeah. But I think that maybe kind of alluded to Maybe someone who sees a Nugent Curtis real estate sign, they don't have to wonder, huh, I wonder if that Curtis is like the same Curtis as the one that's mayor. And yes, it is. Nugent Curtis is the real estate business that he owns with Joe Nugent in town. So it's just kind of cool to to learn those things about him and cross country. Uh, He he coaches cross country as well. I remember that. I'd also like to add that. Um, in the survey we sent out asking people their feedback on uh, their favorite episodes, um, also asking for suggestions and things like that. His episode was one of the most commented on. Um, a lot of people, I think we got something like 87 responses, 87 or 88. I as think of we're up to 92 A few days ago, yeah. Point, so yeah. probably more now. But I'd say probably half, if not more than half, said something positive about his episode um saying how they enjoyed the meet the mayor segment because they want to learn more about who is representing their community and a lot of people also asked for similar things like meeting other um community members um again in an informational way yeah they um, said something extending it past just mayors yes. other government officials yes, yes. and as i well. agree with that i mean Coming from a transplant, I find I find it very helpful because I don't know anything. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I've also only been living here for what a year, or so it had almost a year, almost a year, almost a year. It'll um, be a year in what January, January, which we're practically in, there. We're practically so. There. Yeah, I feel like it is helpful to just, like you said, meet 
your community members. Yeah, so thanks for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. I just thought it would be just thought it would be fun. Yeah, um, for sure. We did uh, the the second one we released of the Meet the Mayor series this year was with Mayor Hodge of um, Hopkins Park, mm-hmm. and of course, like I said, more will come in 2023 getting to number four now the fourth most listened to episode of 2022 takes us to actually the very first episode we released this year and that was with matt yeager in march because we took the first two months of this year off january and february we did not release any new episodes and we started up again in the middle of march and we started right with matt yeager out of the gate started out strong i have to say this matt yeager is probably one of my favorite episodes i love Southside social club I've become obsessed, and I have a question, Matt Yeager. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, why is it called Southside Social Club? If you're not from the Southside, please answer me. Answer my question. He I feel did. Like I, I feel like I did ask that the same question in another behind the scenes episode we did. Maybe so you know, tired. you did, yeah. But I, I, that wasn't open to the public though. Oh, and this episode right. is. So Matt Yeager, listen to this. Yeah. Get back to me, email me, <laughs> DM me, let me know the answer because I want to know. It's I know, I swear to God, one when I was hosting the Wake and Jake Morning Show on WFAV, he was a guest on the show a couple times. And I could swear that one time he did illuminate to what the meaning was behind mm-hmm. the name Southside Social Club, but I don't remember. Right. Because that, that was a while. Right. I would and like to know. I, and I don't think it has anything to do with the South Side of Chicago. I'm almost positive it doesn't. I could be wrong, but I, I don't yep. remember it being involved with the South Side of Chicago. I'm going to have to ask him. Yeah. I don't think it's in reference to that. I think it's maybe in reference to something else. Regardless, Um, a phenomenal band and a phenomenal person. Well, my favorite thing about the Mad Yeager episode, obviously, he's full of stories because since his very young, young teenage years and maybe even a little bit before that, he's been playing music. And he, he and I have a lot in common to where when we both started really getting into music, we were playing in punk bands and we were writing our own music and playing these garages and just wherever you could play, Mm -hmm. you would play these shows. And so it was cool to kind of connect with him, him on that sense. Cause there's always some crazy stories from those types of days, especially when you're doing like do it yourself touring and things like that, which the story he shared from his touring days in, um, uh, deconstructing Jim was just great. You remember that one? I remember, I remember a story, but I don't remember if it was your story or his story because you guys were kind of swapping and reminiscing. So the deconstructing Jim was out on like a, a just like a weekend tour, and they were in Iowa somewhere. I don't know if it was Cedar Rapids or it was somewhere in Iowa, and they had a fill-in bass player that weekend, and they were giving him a lot of liquid and encouragement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, Matt was also feeding him a lot of drinks and things like that. And, um, you know, this, this fill in bass player was single and I remember the story. And so they, this, (laughs) the bass player ended up picking up this mom and this daughter up at their show at this bar that they were playing at in Iowa 
and they end up taking because they're all in one vehicle, right? Because they're on tour. They're all in this van. So they end up agreeing to take the bass player to this daughter and mom's house after the show so he could have some fun, you know, have some fun. And there was some weird stuff. Yeah. And so what the funny part is, so while what's, you know, the bass player is in the house with these girls he the the rest of the band is in the driveway yep. of this house, <laughs> and they're just chilling in the just van, hanging out in the car. Yeah, and then I guess there was a car parked to them in the driveway, and it kept revving its engine, and there's just some weird stuff yeah. going on outside. I would have just left. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a great story. It, it's much better actually hearing Matt tell it, of course. So you can make sure you listen to that. But also, yeah. I think what was a special treat about this one is that you know anytime, most of the time when you see Matt Yeager or you see the South side social club there's a lot of times where you don't always get to hear their original material a lot of times you're hearing uh songs they're covering from artists that we know and love and what was cool about this episode is we actually got to hear matt perform original songs by that he wrote himself so Mm -hmm. i feel like that's something we don't get to hear as often as we used to no so that was a nice a nice treat. Turk. Also, Matt Yeager, please play our wedding for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matt, please. Maybe uh, him and Lupe. Oh, they used to they dream. play shows together once dream. in a while. Yeah, and uh, maybe throw Todd Hazelrig in there. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, so that's number four. Uh, number three takes us to the second Kankakee County episode mm-hmm. to make it into the top ten this year, and I knew this one even before even releasing it. And this topic was on my list when, even before Kankakee Podcast was launched, I knew I wanted to talk about this subject, and that is Hotel Riverview, episode 52. Uh, That was with, once again, Jack Clacy of the Kankakee County Museum. I don't think Jory Walters was on that episode, if I remember correctly. I don't think she was there for that one. I could be wrong, though. But Hotel Riverview was this grandiose hotel that used to stand where present-day Cobb Park is in Kankakee, right along the river, right in the Riverview Historic District. And it was built by Emery Cobb, who Cobb Park is named after. Mm -hmm. Emery Cobb did so many things in Kankakee, uh, starting in the late, <clears throat> excuse me, in the late 1800s, going on into the well, I'm trying to remember when he passed away. Actually, he might have passed away in the late 1800s or early 1900s. But regardless, he did a lot of development in Kankakee County when he he retired here from Chicago. Mm-hmm, Emory Cobb mm-hmm. did in the 1800s. But really, when he retired, he like literally just did a bunch of cool stuff for us to <laughs> I talk hope I'm about. I'm like that when I'm retired. Um, but this hotel was just the, if you haven't looked at the picture, uh, pictures of it, you got to do so. And there's also actually to get some really good detail, the Kankakee County Museum actually has a model. They have a model of the, the hotel in the museum that you can check out. And it's pretty detailed yes. too mm-hmm. as well. Um, but this was, it was a place for the, you know, the rich to come down from Chicago and enjoy 
an excursion. Yep. Mm-hmm. So very un- interesting. Unfortunately, it only lasted for ten years, and then it was burned down. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that kind of adds to the facade of it, if that's right. the correct word. Um, the the reminiscing it just makes the reminiscing all so much greater. So yeah, it burnt and Cobb and his family just never rebuilt it because at that time in the it was like the eighteen nineties, if I have the years correct, there was a recession going yep. on yep. in the country at the time. So it was like, eh. I don't think we should rebuild. It, the The hotel was actually having a hard time keeping occupancy. But regardless, it was a great episode um, to listen to. I was trying to think of more specific I do remember um, details. Hotel Riverview was also one of the episodes that many people said they loved on the survey. Yeah, they loved that one. A lot of people said they love the museum episodes but specifically they loved hotel riverview yeah it's just always been such a fascination um of people in the right area. right and again i feel like that's such a smart idea a smart way to go about local history um obviously who better to part- partner with than our local museum well and jack clacy i mean right, he right. is the one of the powerhouses when right. it comes to history and storytelling in Right, but again, just a really fun way to learn about our community. Yes, absolutely agree. So we're almost to number one. Almost. Yeah. Do you you have, I mean, I know you can see what number one is, but. I'm not surprised. I feel like (laughs) anybody that has been following you will not be surprised. They will not be surprised and they're probably already guessing And it's very well deserved. Yeah. Um, Number two. One also of my, a, oh, a great episode. One of my favorites. Another, this this episode was just like lots of mind-blowing yes. information. Mm-hmm. It was just like constantly just like, whoa, yeah. yep. like that's crazy. Um, and that was with uh, n- number 49, Emily Lavoie. She was the second most listened to episode. And Emily Lavoie is a eating psychology coach. Which means she helps you with your eating habits. Yep. Uh, binge eating, um, s- stress eating. Right. Understanding your hunger um, cues. Yeah. Understanding your hunger cues. Understanding uh, all food is good food. Yes. Yes. Um, and just really d- kind of taking the diet culture and just flipping it completely upside down. Mm-hmm. And Emily had so much mind blowing information. That she, she shared. And what was what was something that stuck with you? There were so many things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I could talk about this episode forever. I think you should be the one, too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like personally I connected to this episode a lot because um, this episode was released, I think, around the time I was ending the diet I was on. I was on a very strict diet. For about a year, I did lose 100 pounds. It was not the best diet to be on. And I did struggle a lot with going from being on a really strict diet to then eating like a normal person. I was basically thrown to the wolves. Like, okay, now you reached your goal weight, but now what? And I knew what I needed to do. I knew I was supposed to eat more fruits and veggies, eat less carbs, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, but just knowing what to do doesn't always like click in your brain. And I feel like Emily really helped me with that. Not that I'm trying to make this all about me, but I feel like there's so many people who can probably relate to that, to not knowing how to eat like a normal person. Um, and yeah, she just had so many good things to say about kind of making you feel like you're not alone, you know, like it's okay that you want to eat ice cream for dinner because all food is good food. But like, remember then like you should also then try to eat like healthier things to balance it out and kind of like making sure you're aware, like, yes, you can eat quote unquote bad foods. And Emily will, will like that. I'm not saying that because all foods are good foods, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you can eat ice cream. Yes, you can eat popcorn. Yes, you can eat cookies. But like, you also need to learn to like understand what your body's craving, you know, like, your, your body still needs nutrients and vitamins and minerals and all those good things. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it definitely was very, very helpful for many reasons, for understanding eating psychology, understanding why diet culture sets people up to fail. And then kind of like, like you said, this like mind blowing, like what? Like there's different types of hunger. Like I'm not just <laughs> yes. a, a ravenous monster all of the time. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, eye-opening things was the the psychology behind labeling food bad. Yes, she the reason why she doesn't like to use terms like bad food is because what happens when you tell someone they see something shiny and they're like, "Ooh, I want to touch that," and they're like, "No, yep, no, don't touch it, yep, don't." Right. And you're just like, oh, I just want to touch it even more now. Yeah. So like when, you know, someone says, oh, that ice cream, it's horrible for you. That bread, that's so bad for right. you. It just kind of makes you want it, want more. it more. Yeah. And I've. Another, and that's what was mind opening to me is when she said that. I'm like, my yes, gosh, makes that makes sense. so much sense. It makes sense. Yeah. And I remember her also saying um, to the same effect, that's why as parents, you shouldn't use food is incentive or is punishment. And I, I grew up in a house I'm like that. I'm guilty of doing that with Owen. Well, <laughs> I grew up in a house like not really as an incentive. I feel like using it as punishment is worse personally, but I well, grew up yeah. in a house like that where if I misbehaved, I wouldn't get dessert. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. And it, I, again, I'm not blaming my parents. I understand why they would do that. Well, but it kind of times. Right. But it kind of also then creates this sense that, okay, well then dessert is a treat. And yes, in some sense it is, but you don't want to use food as a reward. You don't want to, to ingrain that in your children because then it kind of sets up this notion that anytime they do something good, well, then I can go out and eat a bunch of junk food. And again, I'm not saying junk food is bad because it's not, but it's something that should be eaten in moderation, not only as a treat, because then you're not really learning that it's something that you can have in moderation. And when you don't eat something in moderation, that's when it becomes a problem because then you eat it whenever you can, because you're not, you're worried that you'll never be able to get it again. Yes. And it's the same thing using food as, as a reward. If you're really good, to, which I, I literally did this yesterday where Owen asked me in the morning, can we go to McDonald's for lunch? And he asked that because he watched a video where somebody was eating McDonald's. So I said, if you're a good boy today, when we go to the grocery store, because you know, he's sometimes hard in the grocery store. Yes. Then I'll take you to make, so I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Of doing oh, that. I'm, I've am i done it with I'm sure too. everybody is. But yeah. she was saying how that's also something you don't always want to do because you don't want to treat food as like a reward or punishment. Yeah, right. But 
There, there's, you know. like I said, there's so many things that were, and I think another thing that was really great from her episode was when she was talking about how not everybody is the same. We all have different bodies and we should not all be expected to be the same weight. Yes. And be the, you know, the because, same size. right, the same size. We all have different um, biology makeup, you know. Right. Um, so that's also something that she right. tapped into yeah. as well. So that's just, if you haven't listened to number 49 yet, it'll just change. Right. <laughs> just yeah. change your life. I changed mine. I literally think about something that she said in that episode every single day. Yes, something else she said that resonated with me that I just remembered after you made that comment about body sizes was she said that so many people, I feel like especially women, um, when they get older, they always will think, oh, I want to lose weight because I want to be the size I was in high school. A lot of people use that as their end goal weight, um, and I'm guilty of that. But Emily had made a good comment and said, you know, for example, I'm 31. I've changed so much since I was 15. That was 17 years ago. I'm an entirely different person in so many ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So why would I expect my body to somehow transform backwards? Your body has different needs yes. at age 31. Yes. Right. And it, it really has something to do with weight either. You, I mean, you're, you're not growing necessarily in height, but your body yes. is still growing in some ways. So I feel like that was... Very eye-opening. And just kind of getting across the thing, you know, just because you weigh more than someone else does not mean you are unhealthy. Right. Right. That, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so just, yeah, having a better relationship with food is. Yeah. And I feel like what... if you if you if you're a person who thinks that you have a good relationship with food, I feel like there's still takeaways from her episode. Absolutely. Takeaways from everybody for everybody. Yeah. And Emily is born and raised in Kankakee County. So, yes, um, at least I think so. I'm not if sure. If I remember correctly. I don't know. There's so, <laughs> But Emily, we love you. We do. Um, <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast. And she's number two. So. Number one. We need a drum roll. We do need a drum roll. I should have brought my little uh, drum roll sound effects. Oh, yeah. So this is, this episode is making history again, at least in the history of of Kankakee podcast. So this so far is the only episode that has made it in the top 10 two years in a row. And last year it was number two. This year it's number one. Yep. Now it wasn't obviously released this year. This episode was released in 2021, mm-hmm. but we did mention his name earlier. And unfortunately, this year in 2022, he passed away. And so when he passed away, there was a lot of people, you know, of course, we made a post about it because he's part of our our podcast history. Right. Um, we post our condolences to uh, to him, his family and his friends. And um, some people, I think a lot of people re-listened to the episode mm-hmm. and a lot of people just discovered it for the first time. Or maybe they saw it when it was posted a year ago, but they never checked it out. So right. I think and and just with him being the way he was. And that, of course, is Nick Huffman um, Mm -hmm. is who we're talking about. Nick Huffman, number episode uh, 13 is number one 
in the top or number one in the top 10 most listened to episodes of Kankakee podcast this year. He was one in a million here in, I, I, obviously in the whole world, but in the county, there's just not many people that you can name off that can get along with almost every, right, <laughs> every single type of person. Mm-hmm. Everyone was connected with Nick. It didn't matter if you were a Democrat or a Republican or a, you know, black, white, Hispanic um, you were more uh, religious or not religious or just all every single walk of life. Nick had a way of connecting with everyone and everyone knew him. Mm-hmm. Some people just knew him because he did some really absurd things. But he also <laughs> had the biggest heart. He did. He was like, I think I, I read a post and I wish I could remember. I can't remember word for word. I think his, it was something his his mother, Maureen, posted on Facebook because I, I did add her on Facebook, I think, after Nick passed. Mm-hmm. And she said something along the lines of, if it wasn't her, it was someone else. So yeah. I apologize if it wasn't Maureen. But she said, whoever it was, said something along the lines of, he was such, um, you know, he was like, had the immaturity of a child, but also had the biggest heart of a child. You know, a lot of times yeah. I feel like... A lot of times children have bigger hearts they than do. adults can, they right? They do. They're so, not jaded or... And that's the way Nick was. Yep. Yep. That's so, true. Yeah. I unfortunately never got to meet him in person, but we did have several exchanges on social media. Um, and he was always so sweet. And this brings a smile to my face, but he always would refer to me as your wife. Yes. Which is, he, which, and it was, he, it was very sweet. It was a very oh no, sweet thing. Um, and like at one point, I don't... I mean. Neither of us ever corrected him because that doesn't really matter. The no, labels we didn't. don't really matter. But no. it was just very endearing because he would always talk about, oh, you guys love each other so much. And it comes across so obviously. And he was always so, so sweet. And he just he always liked to point out the the positive things in people, you know, like something as simple as, oh, wow, I can tell you guys really love each other. That's a very sweet thing to say, you know, to me, to someone he doesn't even know. It was very very sweet. I think he just, he has, he had that ability to sense when something was for real or genuine. not for real or when someone right. was, when someone was genuine or not Right, well, that's because he was such a genuine person. And I don't think I ever told you this, but one time he had um, posted something in the podcast Facebook group and in conversation, he had mentioned that he was just at the Walmart in Tinley Park. I think it was around Christmas time and he was looking for something. And he said he found it at the Walmart in Tinley Park. And I was just at that Walmart. And I was, like, genuinely sad that, like, I didn't, like, run (laughs) into him. Because, like I said, although I never met him, I definitely would have been like, hey, I kind of know you. (laughs) And I was sad that I, like, missed an opportunity to meet him. That is Just by chance. Which is kind of funny that if that did happen, we would have met not even anywhere near here. Yeah. Do you think you would have known it was him? Oh, I absolutely would have known it was him. I mean, yeah, that that was a dumb question. You can't, you can't mistake Nick yes, Huffman. Yes, yes. He was a big supporter of Kankakee Podcast. And, you know, when we started, obviously he was episode 13, so not really too far in the grand scheme of things. And we're still so new. Yeah, and I, I feel like it still is trending too, didn't you, recently? Say something about how, like, the numbers continue on his episode, continue to grow. Well, so not only is he the 
he he's also so he's the the most listened to episode this year, but he's actually the most listened to episode of Kankakee podcast ever. Mm-hmm. So he's also number one in that rank as well. There's no other episode that has been downloaded the most than yep. Nick Huffman's. Yep, and all for good reason. I mm-hmm. really wish we would have been able to do a second round, but I'm grateful that we got to do one because we yes. talked for uh, two, two and a half hours, something along those lines. Um, and I still always think back to something he said to me when we were setting up that, that recording session he was, he kept kind of, you know, cause Nick Huffman, he was on the list of, of people yep. I wanted to have on the podcast and he was kind of poking me about it a little more than normal. And I eventually found out the reason why was because he, he told me he, of his medical issues and he said, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. So it was like, if you want to do something, Let's do it That's soon. That's so sad. And, you know, it's, people say things like that and sometimes you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, but then literally like almost a year later after he was on the podcast, he passed away. Right. And it's I so then sad. like that, that just kind of sh- sent chills up and down my spine um, because it's like, wow, he wasn't kidding. Like he really, <laughs> and yep. I just keep thinking about, man, I'm so glad that we captured that conversation and not just so much that to have it a part of the podcast, but I got a, I don't know if, I think I told you this not too long after he passed away, maybe a month or two after Nick passed away this year, I I got a Facebook message from his daughter Mm -hmm. and his daughter had listened to the episode and she was just saying, thank you for for having mm-hmm. for having re- recorded that conversation yeah she was very grateful she was very grateful for I it bet. it was so sweet um and so that that just made that made it not that i ever of course i wanted to sit down with nick huffman and have him a part of the kankakee podcast repertoire but that just i don't know it was the icing on the cake it was to know that you were able to offer her something she can have forever yes. to connect to her dad with. Because there's, other, I feel like there's a lot of other things that can kind of dwindle away after a while, but that's something she can always have. Right. She can always have that. She can always go back and, and it's not just for her, like Anyone. For, gener- for, right, for, right. for the generations of the Huffman family to yep. come, they can truly learn what their ancestor was really like yes. straight from his mouth, not stories that have been passed down and probably modified, but like straight mm-hmm. out of the gutter. This was Nick Huffman, your great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> you know? sweet. Um, so, so yeah, th- those are the, the things. There's so many things from that episode, <laughs> but those are two things I think of. For sure is is when he was telling me that, hey, I don't have that much time left. Let's make sure we record this episode. And then his his daughter reaching out after his death. Um, oh, actually, there's one more thing I think of in the, <clears throat> his book that he wrote. He had me read at the very end of the episode. He had me read like the last page or two of his book. And I know. 
he wanted me to read that too because he knew he was going to be passing away. And just because the way the book kind of ends too, it was just, that's another thing that just kind of permeates in my mind forever is just thinking about how he wanted me to read that. Yeah. So very sad. Yeah. But, um, so just grateful to everything Nick Huffman did and just how passionate he was, whether it was, uh, you know, off the rails or just pure mushy heart of gold stuff. Mm -hmm. He was, he was made of all of it. Absolutely. Anything else that you can think of when you think of the Nick Huffman episode or just things that maybe you heard about Nick? Well, you definitely summed the episode up well. And again, on the survey, more than 75% of people said that Nick's episode was also one of their favorites, Um, which again is not surprising and very well deserved. I think it would be fun and i've i've thought about this since his passing to do an episode interviewing um a wide variety of you know how i mentioned how he connected with almost every walk yeah. of life mm-hmm. well, it would be kind of cool to do an episode where you interview uh, a couple people or maybe more than a couple of just people from different walks of life cuz even so i mean we're talking like the homeless person on the street that struggles with alcoholism all the way up to like state's attorney, Jim Rowe, like state's attorney, Jim Rowe had respect for, for Nick Huffman. Like that's crazy. mm, Yeah. I love that idea. Like almost like interviewing a person from every area of Nick's life. Right. Every one of those walks of of life. Right. All phases of his life. Yeah. You know, I love that idea. I, th- I think that would be a great way to remember him. Yeah, I think so. Too. It, right. It would be kind of just a, a memento, a memento, memento. Is that? Yeah. Like a. Yeah. Memento. Almost like a way to memorialize him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Even though he's kind of already memorialized. Well, yes, he was so well loved, think, but I yeah. feel like that would be something really special. Yeah, I think so, too. So that's it. That's our that's the 10 most downloaded listen to episodes of Kankakee podcast this year and there I mean there's so many there's so many great episodes this year that didn't even make it in the top 10 not to say that those weren't great episodes what were are there some that you can think of that were your favorites that aren't in the top yes, 10 I feel like my favorite episode that is not in the top 10 was probably DeMarco Oh, DeMarco, yes. Yes. And I think what really connected you with that, like a lot of our guests is, I think him talking about the library uh, when he was in prison. Yes. He read a lot of books from the the library in the prison. Yes. And just an interesting story. Um, He's very passionate. Um, I also, I cried listening to his episode because you can just feel his emotion coming through. There were times where... He was getting teary-eyed. Yeah, I could sense that. And just a, a all-around interesting story. And I feel like just kind of gives you like a new sense of appreciation to be like, wow, like people have sometimes such a rough go around and like look at how successful he is. Like he really did fight through his battles. You know, it just gives you a new sense of admiration um, for people and 
just I really appreciate his episode. Yeah, I agree. So shout out to uh, DeMarco uh, Hampton and Copious Lifestyle. And from the bottom of our hearts, we just want to thank you for listening, supporting and being a part of the podcast, because I really feel like this isn't my podcast. This isn't our Lizzie and I's podcast. Uh, This is our podcast, as in everyone that's involved, whether you're just uh, you just listen to the episodes every time they come out or you tell a friend or a family member about them or you're part of the patron program in whatever circumstance you're involved in the show. I feel like it's a it's a community effort and it's not just me. And I, I want to keep going more in that direction if we can. Thank you for that. And of course, thank you to our sponsors too, because if it wasn't for our sponsors, this wouldn't be possible either. So, you know, Noble Dairy Queen, Adam Elroy of Edward Jones, Brenda Whitler of 31 Gifts, Allison Asher of Coldwell Banker Realty, Kankakee Community College, Milner Media Partners, Main Street Pharmacy, D. Westfall Jewelers, True Heights Treatment, King Music, Chicago Doe Company. Uh, Of course, our partnership with Kankakee County Museum. Another partnership we're going to be starting up this year is with uh, the Kankakee Valley Theater Association. We'll probably be doing something similar. I, I might strike up a partnership with Acting Out Theater Company, too, just because I like supporting local theater. Um, and then something brand new that we're just announcing now, actually, for 2023, we are proudly going to be presented by um, title, some title sponsors, Pewter Pros, Digital World Design, and Stitch Prints, all in Bradley, owned by the Ringy family. They've had uh, Pewter Pros was his first business over 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to give a, a huge shout out to Steve Ringy Jr. and his whole family um, for coming on and and being our title sponsors for 2023 and it's it's the most flattering thing that Steve wants to put his local businesses behind Kankakee podcast and support us so please support all of these businesses as they do support us as well and if there's anyone I'm forgetting Please forgive me. Um, And then to our patrons as well. Um, If you want to be a part of the podcast and pledge a certain amount a month to help the show monetarily, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. So it doesn't cost that much. Um, So, you know, we want to give a shout out to some of our patrons, at least. I know not everyone's on this list because I know there's some people that literally just signed up. Um, But Karen Bishop, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Daryl Damper, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Dawn Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Kerry O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Nolan Bukowski, Natalie Flagel, Carl Erps, uh, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. And like I said, I know there's some more that we're missing from the list, but truly grateful for you all because um, if it wasn't for your support, the our, our, our monthly goal is $400 a month for our patron program. And we're almost, we're, the last time I checked as of recording this podcast, I think we're at we need to go like another $112 to get to that $400 monthly goal. And that's just to kind of help cover the expenses 
for the podcast that we have every month um, and just any kind of expense that comes up. Yeah, am I forgetting anyone? Besides, I sh- well, of course I'm forgetting someone, my family. Oh. I cannot forget my family. If it was not for my dear Lizzie here and putting up with all my craziness and all the d- things she does behind the scenes for Kankakee Podcast, this would not happen. And my whole entire family as well has been extremely supportive. Yeah. My dearest friend, Dr. Don, has been a big help off the mic as well. I, I toss ideas out to him all the time to just kind of see what he thinks of things. So Mm -hmm. shout out to Dr. Don, as I like to call him. (laughs) I'm hoping I didn't forget anyone, but if I did, again, I apologize. Thank you so much for listening and happy new year. Happy new year. This river carries on.